Hello loves and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I'm your host Lindsay Mack and it is as always such a joy to be gathered with you, especially in the midst and the kind of twilight of this really exciting and special day that we have in store for us on Monday, December 21st, our winter solstice for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere and uh, the great conjunction, Saturn conjunct Jupiter in Aquarius. Huge and delightful, and I am, again, really stoked to be honoring and <laughs> kind of walking that path and, and that journey with you. Um, before we kind of get into the episode, I uh, just want to say that Threshold, my channel download for 2021, um, and your year ahead, which is totally rooted this year around the Hierophant, because 2021 is a Hierophant year, and the fives and all kinds of other, this is, it is such a deep and rich um, download this year, all about, again, the next year ahead. And um, I do a little kind of year ahead spread for the collective, which I've never done before for the threshold. So I'm that was lovely to do as well. Um, that is open for enrollment. The material drops Monday to honor the solstice and the conjunction, the 21st. So I highly recommend you, uh, if you feel a call or yes, to participate in the material. I cannot think of a better day to drop into it than the solstice. So if you're interested in that, you can purchase it or learn more at lindsaymack.com slash threshold 2021. Um, I also wanted to share, this is a bit of a hint about something quite big. I have quite possibly one of the biggest announcements of my career, <laughs> uh, no big deal, um, dropping on my blog on Monday, also December 21st, and I'm going to be sharing it with my newsletter first and then Instagram on the 22nd. So there's nothing to show you right now, which I know is kind of frustrating, but um, it's very, very big news. Um, I think everyone's going to be really stoked. I'm really excited to share it with this community. Um, so if you are signed up to my newsletter, you will be the first to kind of receive that on uh, Monday morning. And uh, if you don't want to sign up for my newsletter, that's cool because I have a blog on my website. If you go to lindsaymack.com and look on the menu under journal, um, it'll be there. <laughs> so you can check it out there. Um, and then I guess the last, very excited to share it. There's a, again, a lot of big changes coming and I'm, I'm very pumped to uh, gather my words this weekend and share them all with you, my beloved community. Um, only good news, just exciting shifts. And, uh, I guess the last thing is that there is no podcast episode next week because it's Christmas and because um, I'm hearing a no on it. So I'm honoring that. Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> I think so. Enough of, of, I think that was enough. Um, okay. So whew, we're in for quite the day on the 21st. Shit has been off the wall. In terms of the energy and the intensity of this time, uh, I have I I have been astounded at what kinds of uh, 
contractions and old things that have literally come from like the depths of the earth <laughs> um, to, to like pay me a visit from beyond the grave, like really old things. It's like every single second I'm recentering, reminding myself of what's true. I, the great conjunction on Monday is really no less than the entrance into a new collective era. We're, we're really entering into the age of Aquarius. Like this is, it's happening. We're moving from earth energies and these outer planets to air. Um, this is the beginning of that. And the changes and the evolutions that are going to come as a result of that are enormous on every level. And we feel that Capricorn is old age. And by the way, I, I bow to elders. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, it's a beautiful place to occupy. But in terms of the more kind of esoteric energy of it, it's what's ready to go. It's, it's something very, very old. It's uh, potentially stuck in the way it used to be. It wants to cling on to what used to be. Again, not saying this about uh, folks who are of elder years who may be listening to this podcast. Again, this is not about you personally or about old folks in general. Again, nothing but respect for, for elders. Um, but just the Capricorn frequency like the difference between that Saturn energy tasks and, um, development and, and so much stuff around patriarchy and hierarchy and capitalism and these systems that are just oppressive and destructive and, um, that are all ready to die, but people are clinging on to them with everything they've got. 2020, beginning with Saturn um, conjunct Pluto, really set the stage for these changes, really be, like brought us to this place where we started to confront where are we complicit in these systems, perhaps even beyond what we thought. Where are we ready to let something go, to see, to radically rebirth, and to to allow all these parts of us to die away. It's a very big deal, a huge deal. And we've been really waiting for this conjunction. We've been waiting for this energy. We've been waiting for this moment. You know, Saturn went into Aquarius a little bit earlier in 2020 and, um, was there for, again, a little while before it went back into Capricorn, but now we're finally there. You know, we're finally ready to move into this, um, move into this full star time, this new, again, era of evolution on this planet. We, we, we've been traveling through earth signs in these outer planets for roughly 200 years. It's a very big deal that this change is coming. We've been waiting for this. So it, 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 of course, the mind, the brain, the parts of us that are hooked up to our primal survival that want to keep us in familiar, what is known, what's safe, have been 
bananas, <laughs> at least for me. And I know for a couple of folks uh, that I've spoken to, and I know for me, the eclipse on Monday was absolutely excruciating, just so intense and painful. And I heard that from a lot of folks too. So I hope you have been prioritizing as much gentleness and care with these intense times as possible to just be so sweet to yourself. Our bodies have never really been through a change like this. Really, it's a big deal. And this year has, to put it spiritually, sucked old car tires. So it really just is, it, it's been a lot. So how can we be gentle in the midst of, of this transition, right? So we're going to be talking about the conjunction, not from um, the perspective of, of, of you genius astrologers out there. And I really do mean that. Um, just I have so much respect and admiration for astrology and astrologers. Um, we're going to be talking about it from tarot perspective because that's what I'm about. So in terms of the tarot with this, we have Saturn, the world, conjunct next to at the same degree, vibrating on the same frequency, perhaps you could say, conjunct Jupiter, which is Wheel of Fortune, in Aquarius, which is the star and also the fool, because um, Uranus is the ruling planet of Aquarius. So that's a really big deal. And we've talked about that a little bit, this idea, what does it mean for the world and Wheel of Fortune to be holding hands and talking? It means that the world, which is ruled by Saturn, um, when it's in its highest form, right, in, as it is in the world card, Saturn represents really the final lap on the relay race that really says, okay, you are ready to transition out of this particular cycle, essentially a microcosm of your lifetime, with these Saturn cycles that we go through, these, um, it, it's so much more spiralic than that than the, in the tarot. In other words, not linear or measurable. That when we get the world, it, it's always a heads up. Hey, you've done, you've gone through a full cycle in this area. You've learned all the lessons. You've done all the things. You're finished with this. And you never have to go back to it. You will never go back to it in the same way again. And it is true that we do have those things in our lives, don't we? That we leave and we never quite go back. Like high school is a great example, right? If we graduate from high school, I know not everybody had that experience um, or had an alternate experience with high school. But if we go to like four years of high school and, or less and we graduate, even if we stay in our town, even if we teach, even if we go back to visit, we're not going, it's not the same, right? It's different. We're seeing it from a different lens view, a different perspective. That's the world. It's a change that is measurable and marked. And it lets us know you've done all that you are supposed to do in this particular school, in this particular experience, whenever we work with Saturn, that's what it is that we're talking about. And when that energy talks to Wheel of Fortune, it basically says, you've done everything you were meant to do in this cycle. 
That's why for many of us, the energy of what is getting cleared out and discovered and processed, like, again, I don't know about you, but I've had so many incredibly painful things come up for me in the last week or two. And while my first line of response is to tend myself and to reach out to my systems of support and processing, um, and I don't do a whole lot of analysis when I go through those experiences, I just tend and take care um, in the like again, the first response line of it. But absolutely, when those things were happening, they were so intense and so they stung so badly that they brought up things that were so old that I just thought, well, this clearly does not want to come with me into this new cycle or this new thing that I'm working on. I clearly need to clear this out of the bottom of my barrel, so to speak, before I move into the next phase of what it is that I'm doing. And likely you have been experiencing some similar stuff. That's that we're, again, this is like check out what's in your knapsack. Is there like a rotten banana down in the bottom? Like it's time to clear it out. It might be really gross, but it is crucial. Cannot take it with you. There's certain things we're going, the road that we're going on is so big. There are certain things that are just done. We're just complete with, and here's the best part. You don't have to have it all completely removed and deprogrammed and out of your system. Just realizing it and saying, whoa, if this is coming up, then I know that it's coming up to be processed and healed. I'm willing to consider it might be possible to process and heal this to not live with this forever, even with that, that's a big thing. It's a big thing to realize, to bring voice and name to. That's big. We don't need to have it all figured out, but that's world. And when that starts talking to high priest or high priestess, when that starts talking to Wheel of Fortune, it essentially says, you have done everything you're meant to do in this cycle now things are going to start changing. Now the wheel is going to start moving. Now that you're complete with what is no longer serving you and with the lessons that you are meant to learn in this kind of old paradigm space, Jupiter is going to start expanding and worrying and inviting us up and inviting us out to be bigger and inviting us into all kinds of different things. And the only thing we have to do is center into ourselves, center into the wheel of our being. So essentially with us taking that kind of secondary leap off of the cliff in the world, we set in motion the wheel. And we start it moving and we start it worrying. And as it moves and and shifts things, we stay in the center. We don't attempt to control. It's a very big thing. It's a process of movement and motion that has been ready to to start turning for quite some time. We and many people have put it this way, so many folks in, in so many different ways, we are truly entering into a new world together. 
And this doesn't mean that it's like magical thinking and we snap our fingers and everything's different. We have seen this year. We have to first acknowledge what's rotten in the foundation to rebuild it. That starts with us. What are we believing, invested in, participating in, complicit in? Um, Where have we betrayed ourselves? Where do we need to make amends to ourselves? Where because of our self-betrayal have we uh, maybe not stepped up as much as we could? You know, what have we been afraid of? Like the, it's the, the, the pressure and the squeezing around that is quite intense because the planet can't really support us not being in our soul work anymore. Like people fucking around and not really bringing what they came to bring to the planet. It can't support it anymore because what you have to bring here is so vital. And this pertains to all of us, whether we're doing it or not, um, is you know, remains to be seen at any given moment. Um, but this is the time and this kind of conversation, Saturn and Jupiter, the world and the wheel of fortune are happening in the language of Aquarius are happening in the language, the communication, the conjunction, they're speaking to one another in the language of the star, in the language of the fool. So this new world that we're building together is rooted in the energy of Aquarius. It's rooted in free, radical, individualized thinking that serves the collective expansion. Aquarius, everything it does is always, whether it knows it or not, in service or at least in the desire for others. Everything that it does is so from this Aquarian place within us, we can help and serve. It's so we can bring ourselves forward more deeply, more fully. There is an incredible correlation between fusing with Aquarius energy, the individualized um, work and journeying and discovery that we do for ourselves and around ourselves that really does get translated into collective tending. And sometimes the opposite is true, that how we are interacting, engaging with our community deeply affects us, heals us. There is a a kind of a, um, just an incredibly beautiful infinity loop of exchange that happens in this energy, even though Aquarians are not necessarily always devoted to collective work and often need um, a lot of space to recharge and get clear, right, on what's going on. So, and we notice that in the fool and the star, the being on the card, the human on the card, they're alone. So this is the work we do in our own house that then we can take out into the world and share with others that can be so impactful and so important. So this is the first step to building this new world together, to really dreaming in, to clearing out the foundation and the rot, um, or to clearing out the rot in the foundation and, and um, any places where the wound hasn't really fully healed. We're still doing that work, but there is a marked shift. And the fact that we're doing it 
also on the solstice is very, very powerful. We're welcoming back the light. It's the shortest day of the year. It's the day that we get to spend the most time, the most kinship with the night, with the not seeing, with the space of infinite possibility, with dreaming, with gentleness, with um, so much power is contained in the night, in the dark. It's so beautiful. And as we honor and embrace the shortest day of the year, um, we are simultaneously bowing the light, the coming of spring and summer for us in the, um, this is all for the Northern Hemisphere, we're bowing to the coming of the light, to warmth, to longer days, while also celebrating what's here, which is more night time. So solstices are so fucking powerful and so significant because they really represent in a snapshot life, right? We are where we are. It's the shortest day of the year. There's more nighttime than, you know, the, the nighttime will never be longer. Actually, I think this year in particular, we have a longer night. I read about this. We have a day that's a longer night than the night on the solstice, which just always goes to show you that like these systems, while absolutely wonderful, are never exact, <laughs> you know, like ever. Um, it's just like such a wonderful way to bring spiral. Everything is spiralic, right? But other than that one day, this is a day where we won't really have too many nights that are as short or as long as this one. And we're also saying it's it's not forever. In fact, the darkest night, the night with the most darkness, the day with the least amount of sun or daylight is the highest zenith of it that it's going to be. So really, and why I say it's a perfect parallel toward life is because we're always doing both and in this life. Always. We're always honoring what's here and welcoming in what will be. Bowing to what is in our life at this moment while acknowledging to really stretch out in the big picture, one day we will pass from this earth. Today we are alive. We are in our bodies. We are doing the best that we can and one day we won't be. And I just think solstices are a really sweet way to honor and celebrate that. Um, but oh, so beautiful. Welcoming in the winter season. For those of you in the uh, southern hemisphere, your summer is at hand. Um, and the significance of this conjunction happening on the solstice, I think, is just so beautiful. So beautiful. We're honoring what is, what has been, and we're bowing to what is to come, right? So the star, right? The star is a very important card in relationship to this conjunction. It's ruled by Aquarius. The star is a span of time that can hold us very much like we might say if it feels right for you, a womb, we can say a little cocoon. Um, we can go about our business work, show up in our lives, but we're doing so kind of 
in star order. Um, when we move into a star experience, it is um, an experience. It's not a card that comes and goes very quickly. It's a card that demands commands in the most gentle way possible that we heal something that's ready to heal, you know, ready to be healed. We can't move on without doing it. So we tend to our wounds. We tend to what's ready to come up in this card. We heal. We might retreat. We might really go within. We might take time and space to really um, tend to some fractured places. And we do so in this card because we can go deeper into these spaces than we can in any other card's energy. Like this is the place where we can go the deepest when the rib cage literally can crack open and where medicine can flow to the heart, where the heart can be healed, where things can be reborn. We can come home to ourselves. We can feel into the love of our own being. I've had a number of really impactful life experiences in the star that, um, have really shown me that it's not like a retreat in that you're going away from your life and just doing healing work as though we have, like, I remember I still had to like go to work, <laughs> you know, like it's not like a luxurious experience, but there is, there is this energy. And if we're showing up to work, even if we're, we're doing our thing, we're working, that there is this, um, there's this deeper respite that's, that's going on, um, that we're returning to the waters of our being in some way. We're allowing something to be cleared. We're bringing the water to what's ready to be cleared. We're clearing out blockage. We're taking out things that have been, um, obstructing our flow. We're coming back to the land in some way. It's very significant that in the Smith Rider weight, this person has no clothes on and that in the tower, which is the card prior to the star, they're not only in clothes, but in clothes of a royal and wearing a crown. And then in the next card, they're totally nude and on the land. It's a homecoming. So in this card, we heal for everybody. We heal so that we can show up to our children in a better way than our parents showed up for us. So we can show up to our community and our clients without um, any old painful stories continuing to perpetuate within us that no longer fit our lives so that we can have our experiences of rage and of grief, of acknowledgement. It's a very, very important card. It will not let us go forward without taking time in this little, um, I had said like a womb or a cocoon. What came into my mind was just like cupped hands without our time being able to curl up in these cupped hands. Like truly. Um, it's very, very important. So Noticing for yourself as we shift into the energy of Aquarius, like what and where are you being called to bring healing, attention, and energy? 
Like what is coming up for you? It's impossible for you to be listening to this right now and not have something that's been trying to get your attention. It might surprise you. It might not be what you initially think it is. You may have been like, oh, this pesky bullshit, (laughs) but it actually might be some wound that you've been carrying maybe for 20 plus years, maybe shorter, maybe longer. That's not ready to go in some, again, linear kind of heroic way, but in this way that is so rooted in um, us bringing this attention so that we can show up for one another. For some of us, our star work is around the guilt and shame we carry for whatever we're carrying. For some of us, it's the ancestral trauma, the wounding, the pain that we carry that we may always have, but maybe it's showing up for us in such a way that it doesn't actually allow us to be in our life the way we want to be. Maybe what we're carrying has nothing to do with us at all. The star is a place to clear it, to place it back into the water, to let it go. It's a place to come back to ourselves before the wound was made. Might even be like pre-lifetime for you. I know there are some places like that for me too. Where are you being called to show up in the collective? What work are you bringing? And what needs to be prioritized, healed? Where can you slow down to pay attention to what is so wanting to be loved and cared for and heard and nurtured um, that is ready to not take up quite so much space? so that you can step into that um, new role in this new kind of paradigm that we're building together. Um, So much of Aquarius is about the collective. It's also about radically, beautifully new ideas. If we're still married to old systems, if we have sort of these tethers and these ties to old wounds, It's a part of what kind of keeps us caught in old world, right? There's a need to bring attention to those places so that we can communicate from our truth, so that we can come from this beautiful place of um, holding everything inside of us, not just what kind of looks good, right? And where does the fool come into this? So the fool is ruled by Uranus, Um, which is a very major player in 2021. We have our Saturn square Uranus um, transits three times next year and some in 2022. Absolutely, I would say the most significant transit um, of 2021. And really a planet of, of a lot of folks would say like, instabilities, sudden quick changes, radical kind of stuff. And um, that is true that the fool, I mean, you never really know what's going to happen with the fool and you never really know what's going to happen with Uranus, that's for sure. Um, But we talk about the fool here in in conjunction with a conjunction um, because Uranus is the ruling planet of Aquarius. At the heart of Uranus. It's about individuality. Uranus cannot be chained. It cannot be told what to do. It cannot 
not be free. It has to be free. If you try to clutch onto Uranus, it's going to fly away from you. The best thing you can do is understand that you can never not make it wild. It's the essence of wildness, which is why so many people think it's so dangerous. Wildness deserves to be respected, right? But it doesn't need to be deemed as dangerous. The fool is ultimately innate wildness, and it's also the essence of the soul. The fool is the soul, period. We don't come here, you know, as human beings, we're constantly having these dual experiences, right? We have our very loud mental voices. We have the voices of kind of the sympathetic nervous system that says, um, this is dangerous. Don't do this. What if that's very risk adverse and wants us to be in what's known, familiar, what will essentially the the brain thinks keep us, give us the most, um, and will keep us alive. We'll have the best, uh, survival, <laughs> you know, for us will, will, will be the safest option. And that voice in the brain is very loud because it is such a wonderfully supportive protector when it comes to, um, dangerous situations, but it is not very good, um, when it comes to deeper, evolution. When it comes to evolving past what we know, taking big leaps, that's why for so many of us, some of our biggest and best ideas, we feel like we're going to lose our minds. We think our life is going to be ruined. It's the worst decision we've ever made. And then we grit our teeth and we take that leap and it winds up being a great thing. Or even if we do skin our knees a bit, we learn. With the full, um, we have to make the choice. This is why this card is card zero in the major arcana. You can't kick off the journey through the major arcana, this big macrocosmic cycle of lessons and opportunities to evolve and grow and learn through, through a soul essence. You can't kick off that journey until you've said yes to your soul and the fool. Saying yes to the soul is not some esoteric idea. If you have a knowing in you, which the soul is the truth of you, the mind, our thoughts, even sometimes our feelings are not necessarily rooted in fact. doesn't mean that we shouldn't totally honor our feelings and absolutely acknowledge them. It's through acknowledging them that we can even discover like, oh, wow, like I this feeling that you're being, you don't like me, is rooted in me feeling like, you know, there's some transference here, some projection. Like sometimes that can happen. Other times it's totally an intuitive knowing, and you know. Um, there's nothing that we don't want to really honor and give space to that comes from us, right? Certain thoughts are sometimes just intrusive. We don't necessarily need to acknowledge them, um, but we can... Uh, we can rather, we don't necessarily need to engage with them, but we can acknowledge them. When it comes to that sense of that deep yes to something, that's your soul. When you have a call towards something, you have no fucking idea how you're going to do it, what you're going to do. It might not even make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> 
you may think, wow, there's a much better way in my head to do this. And this is this way. And if we really get this sense, this knowing, I'm going to give it a shot because I'm, I'm feeling this call. I'm noticing this. I'm just, I can't stop thinking about it. It's not even that it's about quote unquote being right. Sometimes when we say yes to the soul, we clear out something to make room for something else. It's never about getting it right or having everything go the way we wish it could go. It's about noticing the moments when the soul is calling us in one direction and the mind says no. That's when that divine tension starts to happen. That's when we know we're in the midst of a big soul birth when we've got contraction happening as a response to expansion. The brain wants us, again, in what's familiar and known and comfortable. It does not want us out and stretched in anywhere that is unfamiliar. The soul comes here to learn. It comes here to have experiences. It comes here to fly. It wants to evolve. It wants to grow through discomfort. It is here for that. It's, it, that's why we have the fool. That's why the fool shows up and guides us in and out of every card, like a golden thread that moves us from one card in the majors to the other. That's why we don't spend all of our life in the magician. That's why eventually we'll go, what else? That's that call of the soul. What else? It's seeking. It's growing. It's not wanting to just get to comfort and staying there. It's constantly wanting to evolve, always. And there's always going to be tension as long as we're in a body between the mind and the soul. And the fool is a moment where we bow to the fears and the what ifs and the shoulds and the you ought tos and the judgments and everybody else's fucking opinion and whatever. And we hear that, yes, that whisper. And we say, I'm scared. I don't really know how I'm going to do it, but yes. And in that moment, we proverbially, proverbially take a leap. But really, I think the fool goes a lot deeper than that. I don't know that the actual uh, illumination in the fool is truly a leap. I do. Because I do think when we take that uh, invitation from the soul and say yes to it, we absolutely do leave the ground. Um, but it's not so externally oriented as we might think it is. The fool is not always a choice to do something or to not do something. It's not rooted in sort of capitalist structure like that. Um, it's not about taking a gap year, quitting your job. And um, that's sort of what I mean by that. We can tend to put the fool in really externally um, rooted like um, uh, concepts. Like we have to do something to prove that we're in fool. When really it's quite esoteric. Honoring the fool is just acknowledging the fact that there has never been any ground underneath you to leap off of. Really what you're doing in this card is by saying yes to the soul, 
you're dissolving the illusion that there was ever ground under your feet to begin with because there isn't. For any of us, we don't know what's going to happen in this life. We don't. Nobody knows. Nobody knows why particular things happen. We all have our own way of making meaning and honoring truth and medicine and lessons and learning in totally unique ways for us. You know, what you see isn't necessarily what another person's going to see. That's why with the fool and especially the fool reversed, it's really important. Don't go to someone who hasn't done their own fool work and ask them to approve of yours. The fool can be very triggering, very triggering. It can bring up a lot of shit for people. If you're taking your own soul work in hand, it can feel like, whoa, that person's making a horrible decision. Now, I want to be really clear. There are absolutely times when we can have someone in our lives and we can see what they're doing and they do not see the destruction. They do not see what is going on. Or we may have been in a situation where everyone around us told us, this partner, this person, this situation is not good. And we just really needed to see it in our own way, or we needed an intervention. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is you, again, feeling a soul yes to do something and sharing it with someone and then being like, oh, wow, that sounds like, I don't know if people are really going to be interested in that. That has to do with them. That has to do with their shit. That doesn't have to do with you. Not allowing ourselves to be bound by this cage. When you say yes to your soul, you are effectively saying yes to living in the void and the unknown. That is a very interesting thing about being an intuitive. Um, the more rooted you are in your intuitive gifts, the less you know. Because you really understand that the only way to be in touch with spirit and, and what is being born within you at every moment is to be in every moment. Because the future is never fixed. We are free to change it. It does change all the time. We're really building the most aligned future for ourselves and others with every moment that we're awake to what is. We have to have this to build this new world together where there is true equitable change. There is real accountability for harm. There are reparations that can be made, not just performatively, but in a lasting way, in a true way to folks who have been harmed on this planet by the effects of um land takeover by colonialism, by racism, by all kinds of different things in order to support the survival of this planet with climate change. We have to say that you ha we have to be present. We have to be awake to what is. There is no way forward without it. And one of the keys to do it is to say yes to ourselves. It is very challenging to be present with other people and their pain, to be awake to the emergence of what is needed for folks or for, or for parts of the planet that are of need if we are unwilling to look at ourselves. It's really, really challenging, if not impossible. 
There is no ground and there never has been. That's not a metaphor. <laughs> like there, there's nothing under you. You don't have to wait. If you've been waiting for the right time for all the pieces to come together, absolutely. Don't leap in a way that is, you know, harmful to you. But there is no ground under you. There's no cliff to leap off of. You're just seeing that there's never been that false sense of safety to begin with, ever. So now that we know that that was always an illusion, what might we do? Now that we know that all these carefully constructed stories, people would judge you, it wouldn't be okay if you did this, you wouldn't make any money, how do you know? I don't know if you do. I don't know if I do. My brain tells me stories like that all the time. So far, it's been wrong 100% of the time. <laughs> like 100, not even like 99. Everything that my brain has said, and I love it for it, it's trying to protect me. You're going to be a failure. People are going to hate it. No one likes you anymore. Like whatever it says, it's always not only wrong, but like dead ass wrong. You know, it's always the opposite. So the fool is a key piece to this conjunction in this new time together. It is about saying yes to ourselves, saying yes to what we came here to bring, saying yes to our souls, saying yes. And again, we don't have to have a business plan in place. We don't have to have money or capital. You're just saying yes. The external, my teacher taught me this a long time ago, the external outcome of something, if we have a dream or a desire, is the last part to come in. You got to do the inner work all the way across the board, clearing things out, bringing things in, baby steps. That's how it happens in soul work. It's, it's not linear. It's not like we have a vision and then we set out to receive it. It really just is that we can be open, but we can absolutely say yes. You have work to do here, work to bring here. And the fool says, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's say yes. Let's learn together. Let's get scraped knees. Let's figure out what, where the parachute is. Let's, let's, not like there's really a parachute, but let's figure out how we can stick the landing a little differently. Like let's learn through experience. But knowing that it's just about saying yes, if we've had a part of us that we've refused to say yes to for so long, how can we open our arms to it, even if it's terrifying? I know that the full work I'm doing right now is so scary. It's terrifying, it really is. But it's terrifying because my mind is terrified of it. My mind that has tried to keep me safe from all these things that aren't a part of my life anymore, by me stepping into some new spaces, um, it's so scared for me. So I can honor and love up my mind, remind that part of me a million times, like we're not there anymore. It's totally safe to do this. It's okay. It doesn't, it's not necessarily that I'm leaping or, or watching the ground beneath me dissolve into nothingness, um, it's not necessarily that I feel so comfortable with it. We're not going to feel super comfortable 
with everything that comes our way in this new collective era. We're building it together. But the first step begins with our willingness to heal what is ready to be healed and our willingness to say yes to ourselves on the deepest level. This is also crucial for stepping into Hierophant work in 2021 because holy shit, that is a card about saying yes to yourself, reclaiming what you've given away, what you've lost, what you've, you know, like, it's a big one. Honoring yourself as the one you've been waiting for in Hierophant as your own teacher, your own gateway to spirit that you don't need to wait for. This is it. It's a very big energy around realizing what is needed in the way of support, in the way of processing and saying yes to receiving it, even if you don't know what that means or how. I'm willing to consider. It's something my teacher taught me a long time ago, willingness to consider. And my teacher, Michelle, and um, it's everything because you don't need to ever be sure. You can just be willing, right? So with the fool, we don't necessarily always leap. We just realize that there's never been ground there to begin with. So if there's no ground, we can fly or we can fall, and it's all survivable because you're doing both right now. There's really, and I don't say this to scare anybody ever, because you know I'm not about that, but um, there's nothing to really hold on to. It's, you know, as the saying goes, the wisdom of no escape. There's no way to not wake up and begin to come into this new way, this new rhythm of being in the world. And it's beautiful because on the other side is um, the potential of a much more aligned way of creating a world with one another, a way where things are honored. They're actually spoken about, brought into that light, brought brought into the, the fold where we aren't trying to do anything that um, if we can help it, that isn't for us to do, right? Some things we have to do, other things we don't, right? So we've all got those places. What's ready to go? What are you making room for, right? Ooh, it's a big one. I feel like I could go on and on and on about this, but I won't. I'll stop here. <laughs> um, I'm just wishing you, wild souls, just the most epically beautiful, potent solstice um, experience in with the Great Conjunction. Um, I am wishing you beautiful um, experiences and connections with these tarot cards, with these planets, with these signs. I'm hoping that they bring nothing but illumination to you, nothing but helpfulness, nothing but clarity. Um, and I'm so excited over the next 200 years for whatever amount I'll be on the planet for it to weave this new world into being where we get to explore um, what it is to lean into air energy and these outer planets. I can't wait. I really can't. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much for listening, loves. As always, I love you. Happy holidays. Um, I hope that you remember you don't need to do anything you don't want to do. It's okay to say no. It's okay to not provide any explanation for your no. Um, I hope that you um, are as gentle and generous with yourselves as you um, deserve because you deserve a lot. And I really, really look forward to connecting with those of you who feel a yes to the threshold. It's open. It'll be live Monday to honor the solstice and the conjunction. Um, I'm so excited uh, for those of you who are going to touch base with my blog post on my website on Monday morning. Um, keep an eye out if you want to sign up for the newsletter. That link is in the show notes um, if you want to be the first to receive that. And if not, I'll definitely be sharing it with you a little bit more with you at the January Monthly Medicine. You'll, there'll be a link to it there and likely some of the changes will already have started to take effect a bit. But um, yeah, just excited. Definitely doing my own version of these big changes in my own life and I'm excited to share them with you. All right. Loving you. And until we meet again in two weeks, please take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.